If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hello, and welcome to This Week Explained. I am Tiana. And I'm Kervin. And today we will be discussing the big geopolitical events of the week. But first, we should probably point out that we are both fighting some sort of crud, some sort of illness that our kids, I'm pretty sure, brought back home with them from Louisiana. Probably. Although it's been Going around up here as well, I've heard from quite a few people that they've gotten sick. Some some sort of nasty thing going around. Unrelated to COVID. Unrelated to COVID. Yeah, we are not COVID positive. But even if we were, we're in our little bubble anyways. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So please forgive us for (laughs) our fuzzy brains. And fuzzy voices. Yeah, fuzzy voices and brain fog. And I'm sure there will be innumerable um, tangents that may be going on today because <laughs> I cannot concentrate at all. I've got such crazy brain fog. Anyways, all right, enough about me and my problems. Um, what's on your radar this week? All right, we are definitely going to get into Russia, Ukraine. There's a huge development this week. Uh, Also, Zelensky did a speech and he described his five steps in order to get him to the table for a peace deal with Russia. Uh, Brittany Brittany Griner is in the news again. I heard that. Yeah. Brittany. I know you were (laughs) combined her first name and last name. I heard the Brittany. Yeah, she's back in the news as she was moved to uh, a penal colony after. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Yeah. she had her appeal denied in October, and they sent her of off. Of course, they denied it. So we'll talk about that. Uh, the yeah. President Xi has told the uh, uh, Chinese military to prepare for war. With that, Biden and Xi are set to meet next week before uh, um, before a conference in Indonesia. Then we're going to talk. So last week we did talk about the U.S. midterm elections, and I think it is only wise. This week, after those elections uh, yeah. have happened, to talk about what foreign policy and what geopolitics may look like after the midterm elections. We'll talk about that. And then we will get to um, uh, history's mysteries, weeks in the making. <laughs> and we will talk about the little spy from Homa. Little I don't know what's a little Homa or the spy, but um, one of those are tiny. One of those are tiny. <laughs> I, I'll, we'll go with Homa. Yeah. We'll go with Homa. Um. Anyways, what is the big news coming out of the war in Ukraine? All right, so bad news for Russia this week. So, uh, Russian forces have been forced to leave Kherson. Uh, so this is the most significant turn of events for Ukraine in this conflict. But it also could lead to more missile attacks in that region while Russian forces stage on the east side of the Dnipro River. Um, 
No, that withdrawal order actually came from Russia's defense minister, Sergei. Um, and this was in a meeting with top military leaders that was broadcast on Russian state television. It's interesting that you said that they were forced out because I saw several articles this week that kind of framed framed it as they gave it back kindly <laughs> yeah. to Ukraine. Like they were like, oh, here, we don't need this strategic point anymore. You, yeah, you that can we have it back that we took from you. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, they were. Uh, so what what happened in that situation was that Ukrainian missiles continued to bombard Russian lines in Kherson. And mm -hmm. due to how frayed and spread out the Russian military is, they yeah. there was just no point in holding that position any longer. And now they can reset forces on the east side and actually still use that uh, Dnipro River to go up towards Kiev. So, okay. um, yeah, it is a bit of messaging from Russia that, oh, well, we saw where we were wrong and we kind of gave yeah. Kherson back. That's not what happened at all. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you clarified that because that was seriously most of the articles that I read. <laughs> that It was like a gift. Here you go, guys. We don't need this anymore. Anyways, I'm sure Putin wasn't too happy about this, right? Yeah, that's a safe assumption. But he also wasn't present when the meeting took place. Um, and it does seem that he wants to distance himself from these decisions. Um, however, many Russian analysts say the decision to leave Kherson could only be made by Putin. Now, right. I'm not sure and, and I don't know that that is entirely true. But regardless of who made the decision to retreat from the area, it's not a good look for a Russian military that you know, it recently contained much of the Ukrainian military through strategic bombings in places like Kiev, Lviv, and, and other regions. Had there been more mu missiles fired by Russia this week? The news out of Ukraine has been kind of quiet, actually. Yeah, that's a great point, because uh, it does seem rather quiet on Russian actions within Ukraine. Now, there have been occasional bombardments and the use of um, suicide drones in parts of Ukraine, but not to the level that we saw in September and October. Now, the most significant news this week has been what we just talked about, that you, the Ukrainian victory, and it is a victory, mm -hmm. in Kherson. I don't know if that is true, though, because we're going to be talking about some pretty significant things, like stipulations for a peace deal and Brittany Griner being in the news again. Yeah, that's true. So I guess uh, I just mean like on the front lines of the war, oh, that okay. Russia's <laughs> retreat is the most significant. Okay, I got it. Um, right. Let's talk about those requirements for a peace deal. What did Ukrainian President Zelensky say were the terms needed in order to agree to a peace deal with Russia? I'm sure they were <laughs> things that Putin would be more than willing to give to him, right? Yeah, let's right? Uh, let's go yeah, through that and see if we agree that. with that statement. Okay. Um, yeah, Ukrainian President Zelensky reiterated his demands um, before going back to the negotiating table with Russia. Mm -hmm. So those five demands are a restoration of uh, Ukrainian territorial integrity, mm -hmm. respect for the UN Charter, okay. compensation for all damages caused by the war, right? Um, punishment of every war criminal, uh -huh. and guarantees that this will not happen again. Yeah, I don't think Putin so is that, going to. That sounds like demands from the uh, the military that is winning the war. 
Yeah, it really does. So the first one, restoration of Ukraine's territorial integrity. Integrity. Oh, my God. That may be a bit ambiguous for Russia. They could say, sure, Ukraine's territory is for Ukrainians, but the land we annexed is Russian. Mm -hmm. So was Zelensky talking about all Ukrainian land to include those annexed regions? Um, it does appear that Zelensky is talking about Ukraine as a whole. Yeah. That would mean the recently annexed regions, which, by the way, uh, a lot of that land, Russia doesn't even control militarily anymore. Oh, wow. Now, Putin said that Russia won't negotiate over the four regions of Ukraine that he unilaterally claimed to have annexed into Russia. Yeah. Um, so no serious negotiations look likely for the time being. Um, in the meantime... U.S. officials have said its focus is on strengthening the Ukrainian military, so it will enter a future negotiating table with the most possible leverage. So it appears peace talks are still a pipe dream for right now. Mm -hmm. um, let's get into the Brittany Griner news. What is happening with her situation? Yes, yeah, so Brittany Griner, who's the 32-year-old WNBA player in the United States, is being transferred to a Russian prison camp within Russia's penal system. Can you break down what a penal colony in Russia could look like? Yeah, so it's basically a forced labor camp, much like the gulags of the Soviet era. So yeah. for those that watch Stranger Things, the latest season on Netflix, um, Hopper, one of the characters in that, was sent to a gulag. A lot of the fighting went on um, around that sort of gulag area. Yeah. And so, you know, it's Hollywood, so it's a little exaggerated, but it does paint a pretty good picture of what she can expect, minus the, you know, monsters the, and stuff the, like the, that. The Demogorgon? The Demogorgons, yeah. Um, so, be a, you know, working in the brutal cold of winter, um, there are reports of sexual violence, unsanitary yeah, conditions. That doesn't sound fun. Even torture. Oh, my gosh. Um, are all commonplace there. So uh, the big thing with it is that these penal colonies are a source of revenue for Russia because many of the prisoners are working in manufacturing plants for food and clothing. Um, some even do construction work to build up more plants. So this actually gives Russia money and, and finances. Well, will she be singled out and made an example of because she's an American? Um, there's a few reasons that she's going to be singled out. Being an American is one of those reasons. Um, we still need to understand that she is a pawn for the Russians. And yeah. They just want to make a deal for a prisoner exchange, and they want it to be somebody that could help them turn the tide in Ukraine. Well, that has to be extremely scary for her. Yeah. I hope this gets re resolved and she doesn't have to suffer much longer. Yeah. And look, we both get it. She had small traces of marijuana, which is illegal in Russia. Yeah. Uh, but you also got to know this was not about the action that she did. Yeah. You know, Putin wanted to make an example out of the first American to do something stupid. Yeah. And then use that leverage to get some some Russians that have been arrested in the U.S. released. And so she was the one. She's the pawn in this. And, and this is where we are. And also, I think it helped that she already had a platform as a professional athlete in yeah. the U.S. So she's pretty high profile compared to some schmo who happened to have like a dime bag. Yeah, exactly. Back pocket or something. Well, 
as that terrible situation gets sorted out, let's discuss China preparing its military for war. What is going on there? Oh, my voice is getting more. Can hear the crack. Uh, <laughs> this is excellent podcasting. Mm-hmm. I already we're don't dedica- have a voice for radio. We're dedicated. Yeah. <laughs> for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, so you, you want to talk China preparing military for war. So yeah. this week, the reports um, out of China state that President Xi Jinping has told the People's Liberation Army to, quote, focus all its energy on fighting in preparation for war. Uh, So Xi said that the army must comprehensively strengthen military training in preparation for war, having recently warned of, uh, quote unquote, dangerous storms on the horizon. And dangerous storms means war, right? Uh, It certainly appears that way. Um, He also stated the army must also resolutely defend national sovereignty and national security um, as China was in an unstable and uncertain security situation. The unstable and uncertain security situation there appears to be Taiwan. As, you know, China's always claimed that Taiwan is a Chinese-controlled landmass. Do you have a timetable? (laughs) Excuse me. Do you have a timetable for when China may make a move on Taiwan? Um, That's a tough one because so there's just been a lot of like posturing and talk. Yeah, yeah. So this is very much unlike what happened in Ukraine. There was still that talk and posturing, but, you know, Russian soldiers were actually forming at the border. We saw that happen. I'm not seeing as of yet that massive deployment of permanent Chinese military pieces near Taiwan. Um, There's really just a lot of back and forth between China and the U.S. So there's no timetable right now. Uh, I, I can say that the U.S. is preparing for a 2025 timeline. But um, Andrew Bustamante was talking about this with me. And when we talk about 2025, what we're really talking about for China is that they will need to have the pieces in play by 2024 in order to carry out a large military invasion of Taiwan in 2025. With that timeline, do you foresee the war in Ukraine still being an ongoing thing? Now, that's another tough question because so we're talking two to three years in the future. Um, A continuous war in Ukraine on the level that it's at right now for almost three years would be devastating for Russia, all of Europe, the U.S. uh, by association. So I'm going to say it's highly likely that a conflict in some form or fashion will still be ongoing. I just don't know the scale at which it's going to be happening at that time. Well, we'll keep an eye on the situation and update as the scenarios change. Let's stick to the talk about China and its president, Xi. He is set to meet with U.S. President Biden. What will they likely talk about in that meeting? Yeah, so it's scheduled for next week, early next week. I've heard Monday. Um, and officials have uh, started. They've, they've stated that it is set to be an in-depth and substantive conversation between the leaders. And it's aimed at better understanding one another's priorities and intentions, um, each of the countries. Now, Biden is supposed to raise concerns about China's harmful economic practices, how Chinese activity threatens peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait, as well as longstanding concerns about human rights violations. 
Will there be talk of preventing this war? And now I'm sure both sides are going to bring that up. Um, President Biden said this in regards to what he's going to discuss. He said, uh, what I want to do with, with him, talking about Xi, mm-hmm. when we talk is lay out what each of our red lines are and understand what he believes to be in the critical national interests of China. What I know to be the critical interests of the United States. Wow, his speechwriter did really good. Yeah. That's really awesome. What will understanding each country's red lines really do, though? So it's supposed to prevent each country from doing something that may get both countries involved in conflict. However, um, it's really going to be seen as what each country is willing to put up with before declaring war. How so? Uh, Let's say China's red line is like a high ranking U.S. official traveling to Taiwan ever again. Uh, The U.S. can send lower level officials and continue to get valuable intelligence on Chinese invasion plan. Um, Or uh, for the U.S., it could be a red line that China, if China ever places military on the island of Taiwan, that could be a red line. And China can put, I don't know, let's say from last week, a police station that's secured by Chinese security forces. So it isn't crossing the line, but it's creeping pretty close to it. Okay, that that makes a lot of sense. Maybe having the discussion will diffuse the situation for a bit because each country knows what it absolutely can do to the other country. Exactly. And, and both leaders will need to be prepared with a statement that articulates what the red line is. None of this off the cuff kind of stuff. Yeah, it needs to be prepared for sure. It, it needs to be prepared and, and it also needs to state what exactly will happen when the other country missteps. Now, it can't be some political statement that's ambiguous and doesn't lay out what the red line is and what the direct consequences will be. So saying the repercussions will be met with swift actions means nothing, honestly. Like <laughs> and no I've heard action. that whole that whole sentence has been yeah. said many times by <laughs> many <laughs> leaders. Yeah. And you go, what's the action? When you talk about swift, how swift are we talking? You know, yeah. if military action is one of the repercussions, Xi and Biden will need to open up about what that military action will entail, saying if you invade Taiwan, the U.S. will send its pre-positioned naval forces to protect the island, is much more forceful than saying if you invade Taiwan, we will take aggressive actions toward China. So you want to see both presidents be direct and not mince words and communicate clearly. Yes, lay it all out on the table. Can't have any ambiguity to what the red line is and the effects of crossing it. Speaking of what the U.S. red lines may be, let's talk midterm elections. If you saw anything that may change U.S. policy toward China and even Ukraine. Well, uh, the big news was that there was no what we would what we called a red wave in this election cycle, meaning Republicans are seen as red. Democrats are seen as blue in the United States and right wing Republicans were unable to to handily take over both the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate. Mm -hmm. Now, they still may narrowly, but as of right now, I don't see any changes to foreign policy happening. Okay. So we're uh, we're not going to become more isolationist. There will still be more stuff sent out to Ukraine. It does mean that there will still be a focus on Russia's war in Ukraine. Now, many analysts believed a huge election night for Republicans would alter how the U.S. supports Ukraine. Um, and how there would be far less aid packages, definitely no troops nearby. Yeah. Um, So then we flip to China. The U.S. policy toward China, uh, toward China 
Taiwan and China. <laughs> I, was, I was watching you struggle to formulate that sentence. It The struggle is real. Well, it's okay. Brain fog, babe. It yeah. happens. It happens. So the, the U.S. policy toward ta- Taiwan and China, <laughs> I just can't do it. No. Will not change. Um, and that should also be the biggest foreign policy question for 2024 when we have a presidential election. Yeah. It should be who would have the best policy towards preventing invasion by China. Um, also should ask, would the U.S. get involved militarily if the candidate was president? I highly doubt either candidate is going to say, yes, we're going to go to war with China. But with policy, you kind of read between the political lines and get a sense on who's going to be more aggressive towards China. Or maybe even the question should be, how would your presidency prevent a Chinese invasion of Taiwan? Because I'd love to hear that answer. I don't think there is an answer to that question. I mean, not an honest answer. Yeah. But we both know we've seen it over the last year. Heavy sanctions and tough talk are not a preventative measure. Yeah. Um, So as for what will change in America, uh, domestically, I found this election really fascinating because um, it kind of brought forth what the major concerns are for the American people. We usually just see it on the the lines of economics and what hits what hits your wallet. I mean, and that, for the most part, didn't really happen. There were a lot of votes about the economy and stuff like that, but but a lot of votes were for social issues. Um, and so I think what needs to happen right now is the two parties get together and discuss how to work on those most important issues. Now, that's not going to happen. It's going to be more finger pointing and calling the other side nasty names, but it should happen. Maybe some of them are listening and a light bulb will go off. That is highly unlikely, but we do have a listener. Um, that I do want to congratulate. He's a he's an old friend, a classmate, a Marine, all around good guy. So that's Kenneth Fontenot. He's now going to yeah. represent the 24th District of North Carolina. That's really cool. Yep, he actually beat out the incumbent, so that's a huge win. Yeah, huge for him, huge for North Carolina, huge for that little town of Mamu. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations to him and his family. Yeah. Now enough home talk. Never mind. It's not enough home talk, hometown talk, because we're literally talking about my hometown. Are we? Yes. Let's, we're getting to this week's history's mysteries. You so, seem excited. Uh, well, no, 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 no. I mean, it's Homa, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> just like you said, we're going to remain yeah. in one of our hometowns. Yeah. As we finally get to the story about Tai Shin Kuo. He is uh, famously. One of the most unlikely of Chinese spies. Well, now, I mean, it still makes no sense to me at all. Right. Like, I but don't get it. Tahai was born in Taiwan mm-hmm. before leaving it all behind to go to Nickel State University and play on a tennis scholarship in Thibodeau, Louisiana. Now, he says he loved the area so much that he had to stay. And he bought a home and he became a restaurateur. Um, yeah. There was, he owned a a Thai place in the Southland Mall. I don't know if you remember any Thai places in the Southland I Mall. don't. Okay. I don't remember anything. Well, um, what th- what was the name of it? Because, I mean, that would be helpful. It did, was... Did, did a, it not tell you? It did, but I forgot to... I didn't write it down. It's like uh, Tea Thai or something like that. I'm sure I ate there. Like, Probably. Sure, I did. Because, I mean, there... The Asian food at the Southland Mall was on point. 
for a while. I don't know what it is anymore. Probably nothing. So for those who don't know, the Southland Mall is the mall in Houma, Louisiana. But I would use that term very loosely. That is crashing and burning. It is. It would be much better if they would just bulldoze the whole thing, but which I think is in the works. I think they're actually contemplating doing that. I'm not sure. Okay, that's tangent. All right, sorry. No worries. Get back on um, it. Get back on it. So, so like I said, he bought a home in Homa, started mm-hmm. to, to coach tennis. He built some restaurants. But from January 2006 to February 2008, uh, Greg William Bergerson, Bergerson, a defense contractor for the U.S. government, gave Tai classified information on sales of weapon mm-hmm. systems to Taiwan. Now, Tai would then give a Chinese agent in the Arlington, Virginia area that information on on the weapons. Yeah. And in return, he would get $50,000. How did that Greg Bergerson guy get involved? Did he know the information was being sold? So he claims he did not know and that Tai had promised him part ownership in a company that will sell military equipment to Taiwan. So the, the kind of matches up for what he what he was giving to Tai. But by 2008, the FBI was on to everyone involved due to an increased focus on Chinese spying practices in the U.S. Well, it doesn't seem to have helped because here we are in 2022 and many stories are coming out on how Chinese spies have even infiltrated elected government officials close circles. Yeah, it's crazy the amount of involvement that uh, that. The Chinese government has within spies within the U.S. It's crazy. So, yeah, it's very it's true. And the spying is never going to stop. Yeah. So it, we're just there. Um, and as we have long to think, as we're all divided. Yeah, yeah. The spying's not going to stop. Exactly. Um, as long as we're different people. <laughs> yeah. All different people who have different, different solutions. Motivations. Yeah. Different motivations. You know. Now, when we think of spies. As I always say, we, we kind of typically always think of James Bond yeah. or this this guy in a suit and tie with a chiseled face. But in the real world, spies are just everyday, regular human beings. This guy was just a normal, yeah, my dad instructor. Well, yeah, my dad knew him, and I remember when the story came out, Dad was like, "What the f?" <laughs> Because it was front page on the newspaper, and he was like, "Oh my God, he's such a nice guy." That's what Dad kept saying. Did he's you? Such a nice guy. You I did tennis. Did you ever? Did he ever teach you at all? No, I was more golf. I did golf. golf okay. Yeah, but no, I I don't know if I met. Him. I'm not sure, but I know my dad was like shocked. He's like, "He's such a nice guy." Oh my gosh! But that's that's all I really remember about it. Guys are the nicest people. And it's just, I mean, true. They got to yeah. get, they got to butter you up so you can give them the information. The hot goss. The hot goss. They wanted the hot goss. I don't know. You're talking about Ryan Gosling? Oh, my God. No, not really. He's okay. I mean, I'm sure he's a nice guy, too, but whatever. <laughs> All right, moving he on. He doesn't have that hot goss. He doesn't but have that hot goss. Wait. I, I, oh I did want to say... He's still going. I'm still going with it. I did want to say that um, everyone just know who you're talking to and also understand you don't have to tell people your whole life story just because they asked. I feel like you're attacking Uh, me. No, no, obviously not. You don't do it. Um, I wouldn't. I don't know. I've run my mouth 
pretty quickly to people sometimes. <laughs> people that we know. But and and, I, you know, this kind of stuff is prevalent in D.C. It is D.C. Yeah. yeah. But I like to highlight. I'm sorry. Go. I just want to say my dad thought he knew that guy. Right. Yeah. And it shocked him. So, I mean, honestly, anybody. OK, th- now I'm just like perpetuating like fear. Just lie to everyone. Lie to everybody and just make stuff up. Don't tell them I don't, the truth. I don't have the X-Files song on here. We should probably play that. Why? Trust no one. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense now. But okay. um, just for what you were just saying right there, I do like to highlight these stories because um, even in like the least likely of places, coaching like, tennis in Homa, Louisiana... Yeah. You can possibly at Ellen, find at Ellendale. At Ellendale. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the um country club in Homa, by the way, folks. So, yeah, allowing a a Chinese espionage ring to coach their tennis players, and hmm. it was just for fifty thousand dollars. Like he ruined his life for fifty thousand dollars. Well, that was one off. I mean, he he was doing it for two years. So oh, you're talking so, so he got a lot more money than that. Does yeah, dozens of times at fifty thousand a pop. Okay. I thought okay. I thought it was just one time that he had collected all this stuff and then he was caught. I didn't realize that he got paid fifty grand multiple times. Yeah, that I'd was interested. I'd be interested to know what the exact figure is. Uh yeah, that would be uh that'd be a good thing to look up. I can try to get that out there. All right, we've um, because he did thrown... waste, he he threw his life away for money. That was it, yeah. just money. Well, hey, it makes the world go round. I mean, I would like fifty thousand dollars. I mean, not not to like throw my country under the bus or anything, but I mean, just if it just appeared, I'd be like, hey, thanks. Thanks. Is there anything else for this week? I think we are out of time this week. So, give us the rundown. Yeah, okay. Well, as always, if you like this show, please try to tell at least one person about us. We can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have a moment, head over to Apple or Spotify and give us a five-star review because those help us get noticed by thousands of podcast listeners globally. And as always, if you would like in-depth coverage of these stories and more, please subscribe to our community at oakwindanalytics.com. Tiana, especially today. Especially today. Thank you so much. And until next week, stay safe out there. There will be a next week, but stay safe out there.